You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome to A's Cast Live from the field as the Athletics are getting ready to take on the Houston Astros. Three here at the Collie tonight, tomorrow, and that's a day game on Wednesday, I believe. Is that right, Commander? That's correct, day game. A day game on Wednesday. We've got a great show for you, a ton of things to talk about in Major League Baseball. Our buddy, the... World Series MVP, or I should say the World Series hero, the Cal Bear, the great Jeff Blum is going to stop by. Blummer is going to be here coming up here at 415. Talk about the Astros, talk about baseball, just talk about life in general. He's one of our all-time favorites, and we got to figure out, since he is one of our all-time favorites, how do we get some representation of Jeff Blum on the home set of A's Cast Live. How do we do that? Oh, I've reached out. He's going to talk to his people, meaning himself, and he says he doesn't have anything with him, but I'm sure he'd be able to mail us something via FedEx or did, UPS did, or did, did USPS. Make, make a, uh, did Caliber make a, a bobblehead of him? or? You would think they would have, maybe the White Sox. Because I will not. I, I'll tell you right now, as you all may know, being a San Jose State Spartans, I can't stand Cal or Stanford. But for Blummer, I would put something Cal on the on the table, on the set. But, yeah. Because right now what we have. You're talking about Pac-10 powerhouse? Pac-8. What are they going to be? Pac-6. They're going to lose a lot of teams. Apparently. The original Pac-6 is back? Yeah, they're going to lose a lot of teams. Okay, so we have. On the desk, the set of A's Cast Live, the road edition. Obviously, home, we're here at the Coliseum. We have a Nolan Ryan Texas Ranger bobblehead that you got while visiting. Texas, correct. Thank you, Eric Nadell. Okay. Hall of Fame voice of the Rangers. The Hall of Famer. We have a Seattle Mariner Safeco Field snow globe. That when you pick up the snow globe, not only does the sun, but the roof goes back and forth. I got that a couple, 2017 in Seattle. So we got that. I got a bunch of Angel stuff. I got a Rally Monkey because my wife's an Angels fan. Rally we, Monkey. Well, we don't have it. We're, we're, I don't well, know. no, gonna, we haven't played the Angels since we said all the, all, pretty much. All right. Uh, but we need something that is, that represents Jeff Blum. I'm sure he has that One something. One of the, our favorite guests of all time here on the program. Uh, Henry Bolte, draft pick for the Oakland Athletics out of Palo Alto High. 
You want to? Should we run out the name of Palo Alto High athletes? I, I, to me, there's only. I mean, you can go Jock Peterson. Yes, San Francisco Giants. Devontae I mean, Adams. There's one that matters the most. Yeah, uh, you talking about the guy that's a jackhammer? He doesn't take vacation. No, he doesn't celebrate holidays. That is the great Jim Harbaugh. Iron sharpens iron, and with a shovel and a sword in one hand, we will build Levi Stadium. So, uh, Henry Bolte, by the way, you look at his stats, 441, 13 bombs, 42 RBI in 33 games. He led the state of California in runs scored, home runs, and stolen bases were third in the state. And uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, he was named the most valuable player for the De Anza Division in the 2022 San Francisco Chronicle Baseball Player of the Year. So he is going to stop by after taking BP. He is officially signed and officially an Oakland Athletic. Can't wait to see him hopefully rise through the system because, you know, when you start looking at him and his age at 18 – and we start talking about Howard Terminal and the future of the Oakland Athletics, this is a guy that could be a part of the future for the A's at Howard Terminal. Yeah, No look, question about it. You look at several guys now, um, even from this draft, but in the system, a Denzel Clark, Soderstrom, guys that are in their late teens, early 20s that could be here in a couple of years. And five years, how old is this kid? 23, right? 23. In five years, Soderstrom will be 25. Max Muncy will be what, 25? Or even say six years. Let's say it's 2028. 20, yeah. I mean, he's 24. I mean, the kid we're talking to is, as I've, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I, I don't want to make it sound dire because you're like, well, what about right now? I get right now. We'll cover right now. But the key for the A's getting this new ballpark and the kids who could star in this new ballpark, as I said, could be in college or in high school. And when I said it, that was before this draft. And what did you just do? You drafted a high school kid, and, yeah, this kid could be the future uh, playing for your A's at Howard Terminal. And this is it. And then then you got to add in all the young starting pitchers that Susack. were Susack. How old is Susack now? 20, I think, if not 21. So he'll be in his mid-20s when yeah, the, Howard this, Terminal. This is the future of what your A's, you know, forget the Coliseum. This will be the future of the Oakland Athletics in the new ballpark. And that is key. So, Bolte is going to take some BP. He's talked to the media. I guess was very smooth with the media for an 18-year-old. Sometimes it's deer in the headlights when you got the media in front of you, but not this guy. Um, you know I don't see roaming around out here like we normally do when we have these 18-year-old kids signing contracts? I don't see our good friend Scott Boris anywhere. Is he a Boris guy? Uh, I don't think so, no. But the last the last two uh, first-rounders we had, uh, Logan Davidson and Max Muncy, both Scott Boris clients. I want to – one of the things I want to talk about today and just hearing the note or uh, listening to Sirius today, Sirius XM MLB channel, and just knowing that Aaron Judge – if you listen to this program, you know about my disdain for the New York Yankees and I can't stand the New York Yankees. It's just a reality. But all of a sudden I thought about it over the weekend having to – be, be around a lot of Giants people and how hard that is. Because a lot of the people who are around the Giants right now are not old-school Giants people who went to Candlestick Park, who were longtime Giant fans. This is, the, this is the generation of the kids who, to them, the Giants has always been Pac-Bell Park. 
to SBC Global to AT and T to uh, whatever the hell Oracle, Oracle Park Oracle now. Park. That that that's this group, and to them they just know bonds to World Series. And I got a taste of it for two days doing the TV over at NBC California. They were obviously doing the NBC Bay Area, and boy, uh, you want to talk about uh, some cheerleaders. And it made me think here and today about Aaron Judge hitting another home run yesterday, number 37 against the Orioles. Uh, even though they moved the uh, fences, Camden Yards, In out of the field, I think Aaron back. Judge is going to be okay. Yeah, he's having, he's still going to have a nice year. I'm now rooting for Aaron Judge to hit 62 home runs. When he told me this, I was like, okay, there's some kind of motive behind this. Well, there usually is with me. <laughs> I now want to see Aaron Judge get to 62. Would it be a great story for the A's? I mean, for, for baseball? No question. Aaron Judge seems like a nice fella. He's a Northern California guy, Fresno. And I think about the dilemma this would cause Giants fans. And maybe a little uh, pain for Giants fans. And you might be saying, what the hell are you talking about? If Barry Bonds is standing there at 73, and really they've they've kind of washed away Barry Bonds' sins over there across the bay, about 15 miles from where we are today. They've washed it away, right? They've honored him. They have treated like they're not going to give him a statue because statues have only gone, or maybe they do have plans someday, but he hasn't got a statue because he's not a Hall of Famer. But they've done Barry Bonds Day. They've get, He's shown up. They've given the standing ovations. I was, they they act like the PEDs. They act like this thing. Ah, the hell with it. Who cares? I was there and they retired his jersey. They played the Pirates a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, they've retired the jersey. They've, done, they've given him his due. And they've just let it slide. And I get it. He's your guy. You loved him. He had that great. He did all these great things. Yes, I do think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Famer. You 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 read Game of Shadows, pretty spot on. Uh, the writers of Game of Shadows said, hey, if you guys want to contest this, you want to sue us, come right after us. I had Lance Williams on my program. He said, we're not afraid of any of these guys coming after us because they know our facts. Our facts are dead on. And that's why none of the athletes, none of the Olympians, none of the football guys, none of the, none of the Major League Baseball guys ever sued Lance, uh, uh, Mark Fanaruwada or Lance Williams because their facts were dead on. You're talking about multi-million dollar athletes did not go after these guys because their facts were right and they know they'd lose. With that said, they basically gave you the timeline of when Barry Bonds started PEDs and then his link to Balco by having Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs, we now would have to start the conversation about the new real home run king because we will have to believe that Aaron Judge has taken test and has been tested this season for PEDs. So if he's tested for PEDs and he has not tested positive and he hits over 62, there is going to be a whole conversation. And because he's a Yankee and he's in the number one market with the media, they're going to play to this bigger than ever. It's going to wipe out Bonds. It's going to wipe out McGuire. It's going to wipe out Sosa. And now Giants fans are going to have to defend Bonds. Or they may not. 
But this whole he's the home run king, now all-time record is going to be there, but you're now going to have people go asterisk, and they're going to say single season should be Aaron Judge. And now these cheerleading giant, I'll say media people in the Bay Area who all they do is cheerlead for the Giants are now going to have to answer for this. And they're going to have to answer that question, hey, who is the single-season home run king if Aaron Judge gets 62? And how are you going to defend it? You're going to go, no, 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 our guy did it. Well, no, your guy was on PEDs. Yeah, it's true. So you're gonna, so, so are you going to justify performance-enhancing drugs as media members of the San Francisco Bay Area media? Are you going to justify that? Are you still going to cheerlead and make excuses for Barry Bonds? I will say it once again. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Fame player, one of the great players of his time before ever we knew he was doing PEDs. But if you're now going to justify 73, you're now going to be putting your name out there saying you have no problems with performance-enhancing drugs. If this guy did it clean and he beats Roger Maris, is he now the new single-season home run king? And if you're going to go, no, 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 it's Bonds, well, now we're going to have to start asking about your morals, right? Do you condone this? You think it's okay? You guys have basically let this just – you didn't want to question it. He was your guy. It's Bonds this, Bonds this, all the highlights, all the great moments, everything he did. Well, he was doing it while doing PEDs. Are you going to justify – that's the thing. They're going to have to, like, really – they've never had to deal with it, right? There's been people said, isn't it amazing? Like, Bonds walks on water in the Bay Area. Everywhere else he's a pariah. Everywhere else Bonds is a total pariah. And now you're going to have the Yankee media coming for you, which I think is going to be fascinating to watch Giants – San Francisco Bay Area media try and justify it's okay to be a P- to be a PED guy. That's what's going to happen because you know New York is just going to it's going to explode. MLB Network will be talking about this. All the national coverage as he gets closer when he gets to home run 55, 56. We've lived this right. We lived it with Bonds. We lived the home run chase that saved baseball, McGuire and Sosa. It was great. We loved it. It brought people back to baseball, along with Cal Ripken Jr. and the streak. So we understand the excitement of breaking away to every at-bat. They are going to cover it like he is the new home run king. And how are people here going to deal with it? Am I am I overstating this? No. Because um, this weekend, remember, I was just at NBC this weekend with, with Brody doing a A's A's pre- and post-game live, and I see how these Giants people are. Like, the Giants right now are what, a game over 500? Yeah. Just got swept. Two out of the wild card. But they'll still be like, oh, the Giants are going to get Soto. The Giants are so great. Capital this, capital that. I mean, how they're going to handle it, it's uh, will be fascinating. The Blummer, have a seat. We now uh, – have you been on since we do this now? On I, I sit for – 48 hours a night, I well, feel like. Well, we got to see in the camera oh. now because now you're on YouTube, you're on Twitter. I haven't even put my makeup on yet. A guy like you it. doesn't need makeup, for God's sakes. You're, you're young, good looking. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a driver, driver's license that will disprove that. <laughs> no, I'm good. How are you doing? I, I've been down here once. I think it, was, it wasn't last series. It was the series before that. So how are uh, how are things with the Strohs? It's ridiculous. 
No, I, 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 I love my job. I have a very good job. You and I have great jobs because we get to sit in the sun and talk about baseball. But the fact that I, I, I watch a team that just goes out and dismantles other teams is amazing to me because the, the, I don't know. It, we always talk about can these guys flip the switch? Can they turn it on? And we saw it a month ago when they went through New York and uh, swept the New York Mets at home, and then they beat up. They took two out of four. Could have been four out of four in New York against the Yankees. And then coming out of the break, they had the Seattle Mariners who won a 14-game winning streak, and they go in there and sweep them and, and just dispose of them, put them 13 games back in second place, and it's just out of the question now. It's amazing to me what these guys can do. And we got to give you the proper introduction, the, the, the great Cal Bear, <laughs> the World Series hero, now doing television for the Houston Astros. The only reason I'm on TV is because I went to Cal. Or that big home run in the World well, Series. I mean, that you, you that, gotta, you that, that have didn't a, hurt. Uh, they set you up for that, so I appreciate it. I mean, and every single time. <laughs> actually, we're going to be in Chicago starting Friday, so we'll get to see your statue. Yeah, go by and check that thing out. It's pretty cool. That doesn't suck. Does it, it doesn't suck. No. <laughs> uh, if I ever get in an argument, you know, on Twitter or my kids, you know, my kids start wearing me out, I'm going, hey, when you get a statue, you can come back and talk to me, okay? Until then, Dad's, Dad's winning this fight. Do you ever go out to it? Oh, yeah. I want, uh, you know when uh, the buses drop us off, what is it, in that left field corner and you got to walk around the – you know, I still know a ton of people there, so it's even yeah. better when you get to go through there and high-five, hug, and see how everybody's doing. But you, the media elevators going up are in the lobby of it, behind home plate, and, you know, there's just a quick little lean and look out the window and go, yeah, it's still there, you know. So I, I don't go physically out there and, like, grope it or polish it or anything I like would. that. I <laughs> would. I'd be doing selfies with it. Hey, yeah. that's me. Yeah, check me out twice. Uh. Yeah. No, I just I, – I just, just a little peek and remind myself that that actually happened. So the A's go into Houston before the break, have a nice little series. Yeah. Houston comes out of the break. Wow. I mean, as you just said, I, you know – is this at this point? We got a long way to go, but yeah. there's been a lot of great Astros teams. Would you put this maybe the best Astros team you've seen? So coming out of camp, I would not have. Now I think you have to consider it, and we're still ahead of the the trade deadline. I, and I feel like James Click is going to make a move to actually make this team better, which is hard to believe. But that being said, I still believe. 2019's team statistically was the best team I've ever called for the Houston Astros in the last 10 years. They 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 set the win record I think at 107 that year. Yeah. They didn't win the World Series. I think they were six outs away from winning that World Series before the Nationals beat them. But having uh, you know Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and the way they were closing out games and that offense just putting up prodigious numbers with Correa and Springer still in that lineup. I was blown away at how good they were. But then you watch what these guys are able to do, and they don't have the same kind of firepower either in the rotation or in that lineup, and they still go out and find ways to win. I think it's just a credit to who those guys are in that clubhouse because no matter who's who's added or subtracted, you know, they lost Jordan for 10 days, and they still go out and score runs and find ways to, you know, scratch out wins. They, they win more than the 2019 team, but at the same time, you know, statistically 2019 was a better team. And I just read something today that the Astros' win record currently right now is tied for the same record they had at this time after 96 games in 2017, and that's on pace for 108 wins. Coming down here, just getting ready for this game, I, I saw in The Athletic the question was asked, you know, what do the Astros need? And the only answer was, wow, they need a left-handed reliever for the playoffs because you don't have one <laughs> yeah. right now. I mean, which is big. Yeah. Obviously, you need that. Yep. But 
you know, that's good news when all you need is a left-hand reliever. You can go find that. But would you agree that's what this team needs? It, so the thing is, it, you know, with the Astros and, you, you know, we've all played that armchair GM. What can we go do? And I think the idea is how do I make my team better? You know, and I think the Astros getting a left-handed pitcher that would be better than a Phil Maton, better than a Ryan Stanek, better than a Hector Neris or a Rafael Montero, then, yeah, I might go out there and try and get them. I don't know how hard that is or which guys are available. But if I can have something similar – that is left-handed to some of those right-handed pitchers, then I might go get him. If he's an upgrade, hey, that'd be great. But, you know, that that that's just a credit to they actually have. They've been pitching without a left-handed pitcher in their bullpen for about three months now, and they figured out how to go out there and get it. But I think the idea of getting that left-handed reliever would actually alleviate some of the pressure that is on Ryan Stenick, Phil Maton, Hector Neris, because then instead of having to use them in that – you know, in that matchup scenario in the sixth, seventh inning, you could actually push those guys back a little bit and make the back end of your bullpen a little bit better. That's what a left-handed pitcher would do for the Astros. I'm not going to say it's overrated, but if you have a bunch of righties that got great numbers against lefties, do you have to have it? No, that's why I'm saying it. You know, if, you, if you're going to make that trade or you're going to make that adjustment, don't make the move just because you want to have – you want to be able to write a, left, a name into that left-handed column in the bullpen – Put that name in there if he's actually going to be an upgrade and enhance what you already have. He's got to be better, like I said, than those guys that are out there right now. I don't think just going out there and finding a guy who, who's having a mediocre year that can give you a couple, of, give you an inning or find you some matchups, I don't think that's worth it. I think it's got to be worth your while to make you better as a team. Well, you know it's like to win a World Series, and it's really, really hard, and it's yeah. really, really special, and so many things have to come together but there's something about this team that every single year, whether they end up in the World Series or the ALCS, they're there, and you can take guys out. I mean, it's like Correa's gone. Don't worry. you got Pena now. We're all talking about Julio Rodriguez as the super rookie, and Pena goes yard again. Mm-hmm. He's only two home runs away from, from Julio. I know. It, it's amazing, and that was one of the big questions. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to this team? Because Carlos Correa is dynamic on the field. Both as a as a hitter and as a defender, that was my biggest thing. Is this pitching staff has been great for the last five six years because their defense has been so good. So you lose a gold platinum Glover in Carlos Cray. You're like, how do you replace that? And they go out and they've had Carlos. I mean, they've had Jeremy Pena in their system now for what three four years. They've developed him. He understands the situation. And what a better place to move into it into a lineup where there's no pressure on you. He's hitting two hole, but he's not a guy that you're saying, oh my gosh, if he doesn't get a hit, we're never going to win this game. He He's just a guy, he's a complimentary piece right now that happens to be a superstar caliber type player. So if he's able to go out there and play consistent defense, turn the double plays when you need them, and get that occasional big hit, uh, he's a bonus. But it's amazing that they're able to plug him in. And I think it's a credit to what James Click has done. I also think people are going to hate this. But if you go back to what Jeff Luno did in accruing enough talent to have this kind of depth to have an organization that I think could be considered a dynasty over six, seven years, you've got to give those guys a lot of credit for accruing the talent. And then you have the development people, all the coaches, all the scouts, everybody that said these guys are worthwhile inside our organization, those guys deserve a lot of credit too. Because by the time Jeremy Pena types get here, the expectation is to win, not to go out and get awards, to win. And that's what these guys do. Well, you know, it's funny when people rank organizations and it's usually like something that clickbait for the offseason. And, I mean, oh, the Astros are like 27th. The Astros just keep bringing guys up. Yeah. And it, 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 you probably don't want to hear this either, but 
back in A ball, they've got some absolutely ridiculous power arms that they're trying to develop right now. So if those guys aren't on the on the table thinking about being traded, there's there's a future in those guys too. When the eventually someday when Justin Verlander decides to move on, you have other arms in the organization that are being pushed along and developed to fill those voids. You know, during the po- during our post game show, all people call me up and they go, "Well, you got to you know you got to tank, you got to do it like the Astros." I'm like, you know, you got to understand. Yeah. That tank draft was a long that, – that time was a long time ago. Not everybody – Arduous process, too. Oh, my gosh, well, Mark yeah. Appel didn't work out. Uh, Not all those there were guys a lot of worked misses. out. Shoot, yeah. There were some guys that didn't even sign. Uh, there, there was that left-handed pitcher. I can't remember his name, but he was a huge draft pick, and they couldn't convince him to come out and, and sign with the Astros. He ended up having elbow surgery, so you're missing – you're missing. You have the appell that missed. You have a couple of other guys that just didn't even sign. So yeah. So let's stop talking about that because that's not Altuve. Anybody could have had him. Jordan yeah. Alvarez was no one even knew about that dra- with that with the, that trade with the Dodgers. So my whole point is this team now. Yeah. What we see in 2020 is not built off tanking. No. And, and it's a, it's you know what else we didn't talk about is the uh, international signings. Ozzo Campo, who works with the Houston Astros, he he's. So every Latin pitcher in our rotation, Javier Garcia, Urquidy, Framber Valdez, he single-handedly searched those guys out and found them, I don't want to say on the scrap heap, but they were definitely overlooked by a ton of other organizations. And I think Urquidy may have gotten the most money, maybe a hundred grand. The other guys were like between ten and forty thousand dollars to sign them to a, a minor league contract, and here they are nurtured. One of them's going to the All-Star game, the other three are filling out a five-man rotation for the Houston Astros. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 how you keep going yeah. to the ALCS, if not the World Series, all these years. And then the other day, so with Verlander starts, I always go back and they and MLB.com will give you a synopsis of the of the strikeouts <laughs> and everything. He hit ninety nine a couple times. Like what? Yeah, we, we old sit Verlander yeah. at thirty nine years old is back to like he was in Detroit. I I don't know what. Yeah, there there is so. I don't know if anybody remembers a $6 million man. But, you know, he just kind of yeah. like got beat up, sent away. All of a sudden he comes back and he can Lee do anything. Majors. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's our version of Lee Majors or Benjamin Button or whatever you want to call this guy because he disappeared for two years with that Tommy John surgery. And he comes back and he's putting up Cy Young-type numbers. And what's crazy to me is that the last time he was actually physically on a field other than that opening day start in 2020 when he got the injury, 2019 he was the Cy Young Award winner. So he is he has not missed a beat. He's just he, he went on vacation and got Tommy John surgery as crazy as it sounds and got better, but he said something after that game that you're talking about where he touched 98, 99 a couple of times. He he said I'm finally I finally think I'm to the point where I can let it eat. And can you imagine sitting in other clubhouses around the American League realizing you have a couple maybe a potential matchup against this guy and you're going, "Oh great. This guy's got a turbo slider now and now he's back to 99." unreal it's it, it's the 2009 to 2013 range in his life the way his ball stays up in the zone yeah. obviously how tall he is where he releases it but it's like it defies gravity and yeah. just to get on top of that as a hitter oh. i can't imagine i mean it, that's i mean he was dominating with it with 95 96 yep. on a great day now if he's back to doing it 98, 99, I don't know how you get on top of that. And, you know, it literally defies gravity. You know, there's a, there, there are Christian Javier's in the rotation. Jake Odorizzi is a guy tonight, too, that creates a little deception at 92, 93 and still gets swings and miss at the top of the zone. 
And here at the Astros organization, they've done everything with all of the technology and all the video and everything that they can do to track and just enhance what pitchers are doing as far as, like you're saying, the height of the release, how far out in front they can release, how long they can leave their fingers on the baseball until they snap that off their fingers and let that thing release towards home plate is what creates that spin rate, and they teach that here with the Houston Astros. I think that's something that JV and uh, Christian Javier and these guys have really done a good job of studying video and all the technology and realizing that they can extend that arm a little bit further and hold on to that baseball a little bit longer. It makes it tougher for the hitter to see, but it also increases that spin rate where that pitch will not it, – it, it won't gravitate towards the earth. It will actually just – plane out and flatten now that's why you see so many swings underneath it and to your point if you're a hitter facing a guy like that if you don't get your hands above the baseball to start you've got no chance of competing with that it's going to be a pop-up or a strikeout you gotta be like john crock yeah for real up here no that's exactly right just get those hands up there and just and just wave at it if you can but man start the hands high great counsel I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I, 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 I'm rooting for Verlander because in our lifetime, yeah. he's yes. going to be the last guy. We were so used to his kids. Oh, this guy. Tom Seaver just got 300. Yeah. We saw, oh, here it's Maddox. Now it's Glavin. It's Randy Johnson. He did it over at the Giants. It's like we've seen 300 win pitchers throughout all these years, and now you look at it, nobody's got a shot but him. He's like, in our lifetime, he's our last shot to see it. No, I completely agree. Him and Max Scherzer are the two guys that are kind of the throwbacks for us that we can actually compare those guys to the Randy Johnsons, the Kurt Schillings, you know, the Greg Maddoxes, and those guys can actually go out there and complete seven innings, eight innings potentially, and have those high strikeout numbers because right now it's a battle between Max Scherzer and Verlander on who they're passing in that career strikeout number, you know, 3,100-plus strikeouts, and these guys keep moving past. I think Verlander's got Bob Gibson. He passed Bob Gibson the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I find the fun in it for me. I'm going, man, we get to call, talk about these guys again and how dominant they yeah. were. And like you said, in my memory, Bob Gibson was the greatest pitcher of all time, and here's Justin Verlander creeping past him. So I agree that, you know, in the future – after the Verlanders, after the Scherzers, and some of these other guys, you know, the Hall of Fame is going to have to adjust some of their numbers to see who gets into the Hall of Fame because I don't think, like you said, they're going to get to those plateaus of 3,000 hits and 500-plus home runs and, and, and you know, 300 wins. I mean, that seems out of the question, especially when you're only going five, six innings a night. All right, so everybody's talking Juan Soto. And since everybody's talking <laughs> Juan Soto and being an old radio guy, I know in our business it's about – Play the hits. Yeah. I'll leave. You got a top song, you keep playing it. <laughs> so I figured out a way to get the A's involved. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I call it flip this house. Yeah. So what happens is is I buy a house for $2 million, mm-hmm. and then later I flip it for $3.3 million. I've yep. made a million three. So I've, I've figured out a way to get the A's involved. We're not going to keep them long because we're going to flip it. Yeah. But Why I, wouldn't you? I just start thinking about he is so unique. Because of his age, yes. his controllability before you actually have to pay him this supposedly 500 something million. <laughs> I mean, whether you want to be a team that wants to bring him in, pay him that contract, or be a team, bring him in for his services, and then you flip them mm-hmm. to recoup all the prospects and say, hey, Thanks for the job. Thanks for helping us win the World Series. See you later. Let someone else pay you. I mean, it's so unique because he's 23. Yeah. There's so many variables of who could get him and how you'd use him. Yeah, well, what if you what if you did what you're talking about? You just leverage your entire farm system to bring this guy into your team, and he comes out and he has a better year than he's having right now. And his peak or his value goes up even more. 
and then you get that return that you're talking about, yeah. and all of a sudden you have a whole new franchise because of one guy that you're able to bring in. But I think that's kind of the uniqueness of what, uh, you know, the position that Juan Soto's in because I was talking to a buddy, and I'm like, man, could you imagine being in the clubhouse with Juan Soto when he just shut down $440 million? I'd be sitting next to him going, dude, you're going that good? And then I'd be like, so what would you counteroffer with? Because <laughs> I want to know what the next number was. Was it 10 years, $400 million? Like, I don't want to play 15. I want to play 10 more. Just go ahead and put a big old number on it. But it's, it's going to be incredible because you talked about the club control. Because even if you didn't want to give them that contract, you could just pay them at the arbitration number, which is going to be ridiculous. But at the same time, you could be able to flip them. Oh, yeah, he wants me to – Cody wants me to ask you about that Castellanos, the dumb question. That's a dumb question, man. You know Get what I – you know, as a media guy, I want – can we respond when they have a bad answer, like your former yeah. player? Can I respond – that's a dumb answer. Yeah, well, that's a clown question, bro. Yeah. I mean, how can we didn't go back to that? I mean, <laughs> Bryce Harper's in the clubhouse somewhere, isn't he? I mean, what's it like to be booed? Why didn't he, he should have just turned around and booed the reporter for the question and asked him, how did that feel? It feels terrible, and, of course, you're hearing it. But why do you have – why is that – is that a journalistic question? Are you going out there and going, hey, man, did you hear the booze? What, 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 what answer are you looking for in return? That's something that's been going on in the East Coast. Well, Philadelphia, the and, man. Philadelphia uh, New York, Boston, they've yeah. always been booing their guy. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia booed Mike Schmidt, for God's sake. You know what I would have said? I would have, especially in Philadelphia, if they're not booing me, they don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, if they care enough about me to boo me, they care. They better care enough about me to produce. And when I do, they better cheer, cheer their brains out. But, yeah, I mean, but pointing your finger and taking your mask off and yelling at a guy, I mean, we need, there's got to be a little bit of a limit to that thing. All right, take your Astros hat off, and you can't, you can't, you can't buy stock in the Astros. Okay. Can't buy stock in the Yankees, okay. right, because they're the two front runners. Yep. Who then would you buy stock in to represent the American League in the World Series? Blue Jays. Wow, they scare me. They they scare, offensively they scare me. They're not the me. baby Jays anymore. No, Kevin Gossman. I like Kevin Gossman in pressure pressure situations. I think his stuff plays against a lot of these lineups uh, that we're talking about, and I think they've underachieved a little bit. But we're starting to see flashes of what they can do offensively when they're healthy. The only thing that might be a question mark, maybe a little bit of defense, because I'm not sold on Bo Bichette as, as my, my starting shortstop. I know he's hyper-athletic, but the, really? incons the inconsistencies yeah. at defense kind of get to me a little bit. That's just me being greedy. That's all that is. But I think that they, they're, they're a little frightening to me because you're going to have guys on that team who have experience in the postseason and have the pedigree that could actually go out there and shock the hell out of somebody in a short series, ambush them, put up some big numbers, and really go out there and do some damage. So, for me, it's the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't The AL West, other than the Astros, nobody. The American League Central, I mean, do the Guardians really scare you? Do the Twins really scare you? No. Nope. No, the Blue Jays, for me, are the team. Tampa Bay is always going to compete, but I think the Blue Jays have that kind of shock factor in their offense could actually surprise you and beat you up a little bit, and all of a sudden you're on your heels going, wait, we got one game before we're eliminated? That's interesting. I like it. All right, so rebuilt the studio at yeah. my house. It's now a multimedia TV Good slash radio, right? And so we got this killer set, Yep. and we got – all these old school bobbleheads for A's and all this stuff, but what we're doing is we're getting special stuff okay. for for the teams in our division who we play a lot. So we've got Cody was just in Texas. We got the Nolan Ryan bobblehead. Oh, good. We have the uh, 
Not not the uh, what, what, what's Seattle now? Truist. What is their bank now? T-Mobile. 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 Yeah. We have a Safeco Field snow globe. Oh, nice. Where the roof goes back and forth. <laughs> so nice. we're getting stuff that represents all the teams we play, and yep. we're like, Blummer, you're one of our favorite guests of all time. Yeah. We need something that represents you on the set. Can you just have a jersey hanging in the background with my name and number on it? No, we can't too much. Do that. it's too yeah, much. I don't have. I wasn't good enough to have a bobblehead or anything. Cal like didn't that. do a bobblehead for you. Are you kidding me? No way, man. You're one of the Cal greats. Oh no, my. Do you see my picture out there in left field or on the wall? Nope. What the hell's the problem with Cal? You should. I know. Didn't you get to the College World Series? I uh, yeah. Yeah, 92. Kind of a big deal, yeah, right? It was kind of a big deal. Starting shortstop at 18, man. I was a punk back then, but I was living the dream. Well, we need something. What, okay, well, I guess you, come we up, you come up with something, and I'll make it happen. Because something I've got, Astros. Yeah. Something well, we can put on the I know the that you would love. You, <laughs> there's probably your, your fans who listen to this no, they're gonna probably love have this. some creative ideas, but I'm not going to go with them. And I know it's not going to be it's not going to be an Oscar the Grouch doll if you get it. And it's not going to be a Jose Altuve. Maybe something with Jordan on it because they've, they've got Jordan, uh, pretty good Jordan uh, bobblehead that I thought that I thought was pretty entertaining because he's in the Space City uniform, that new City Connect uniform yeah. that looks kind of cool. But the funniest thing about this Jordan Alvarez bobblehead is he's jumping up to make a catch. That's not happening. <laughs> well, don't hurt your knees. Well, don't I was going to say once every like three years maybe, and he made a great catch in Minnesota, but it's just funny that they put Jordan Alvarez making a great catch when this dude's hitting 470-foot tanks every every other day, it feels he's like. He's not that bad in left. No, he, he's 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 definitely playable, and he's sneaky fast. He's actually he's pretty good to the baseball, sneaky good arm, but, yeah, he's, he's serviceable out there, especially when you're playing at Minute Maid Park where it's a short porch. Well, I just think about the young talent in our division. It's just, wow, now with Julio Rodriguez in Seattle. and That guy's awesome. Alvarez, what, 25? Yeah. Yeah, think about that. He's 25. Yeah, 25. Pena's 23, 24. Yeah, yeah. the young talent is, is unbelievable. Well, thank you for stopping by. We always oh, appreciate talent, it. It's always But good. that's what I'm saying. You're one of our favorites, so we got to have you represented <laughs> on, on the set. I appreciate that. I, I have a Cal hockey puck at home. I mean, I've got all kinds of Cal Send stuff. Send us it's something, funky. whatever yeah. that represents. I'll work you. on something. I got to be creative with it so it sticks out when you show your home and studio. You're, and you're the only you're the only Astro our fans can't hate because you're a Cal Bear. I'm holding on to that equity as long as I possibly can <laughs> because you know, as much as I love being an Astro broadcaster, I know it comes with a certain you know stigma yeah. attached to it. But at the same time, you know where my heart lies. You are the man right here in Thank the bay. Thank you so much. Yep, appreciate you. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. 
Henry Bolte, Palo Alto, California. A 2022 grad is making his way over here now to A's Cast Live. By the way, being in the shade, how does it look? Uh, I'm monitoring it right now. By the way, feels great. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird that there's no sun there. It looks kind of odd. I just the fact that we have shade right now is uh, phenomenal, and it's an honor to bring Henry on as we get to learn about a future outfielder for the Oakland Athletics. First of all, congratulations and welcome to the Oakland Athletics. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful day out, and I couldn't couldn't be happier where I'm at right now. Think about how cool that is that you get drafted by a team in the Bay Area where everybody gets to enjoy and the future could be here for your family. Absolutely. Super excited. I mean, I think that's one of the, the more special things, having my family here and being able to have them come watch me whenever they want, whether it's in Stockton or hopefully in a, in a couple of years out here, you know, at the Coliseum. So take us through the process. It looks like you're committed to the University of Texas. You get drafted by the A's. Why decide to sign with the A's and not go to college? Um, I think, you know, Texas was a huge opportunity and, and a great one also. You know, playing college baseball is a huge thing. But since I was a little kid, I always wanted to play in the big leagues. And honestly, growing up and as, as an A's fan, this is the first first game I ever came to was here. And so wanted to get my, my professional career started. And what better place to do it than in Oakland? Who was your favorite A growing up? Oh, I loved Coco Crisp for a little bit. And then uh, as I uh, got, got a little bit older and more recently, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson were fun to watch. You know, they did a lot of special stuff out on the field. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you look up here and you see Hall of Famers and you think of guys like Reggie Jackson and you think about the tradition and the, the field's name after Ricky Henderson as an outfielder, you're talking about some of the greatest outfielders of all time have worn this uniform. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's that goes back to the excitement of playing for such a historic team like this. You know, it doesn't get much better than the A's in terms of the history and the people that have come through here. And it's an unbelievable opportunity to put on the, uh, the A's jersey. So how often did you come to games here in Oakland? A lot more when I was younger, and I, I tried to through when I got a little bit older. During COVID, I, I stopped coming out a little bit more. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I not not saying I was here at every game, but if I were to come to a game, it would be at the Coliseum over the uh, AT&T. A's fans love hearing that, by the way. We Absolutely. love that. Um, yeah, COVID, just knowing, and we were just talking to Jeff Blum about this because his kids are in high school. My kids are in high school right now. And – you know, it's such a strange time because you lost a year really of school, not not losing a year from the standpoint of, of doing your work, but just socializing and having a high school life. And I know it changed baseball, too, obviously. Um, I, I live in San Jose, so I know how the requirements were in Santa Clara County it was not easy. Just take us through that time, because obviously it was good that you signed with Texas, but you didn't have maybe the same amount of games that other kids had in other states. Yeah, I mean, I think losing that time on the field to get reps in was it was kind of a tough loss for myself. And like you said, Santa Clara County was a little bit rough, but it was a huge, huge opportunity for me to get in the weight room and kind of get more physical and improve my game any way that I could. So I thought that, you know, why not take every step to get better because you, you're either going to get better or worse during that time. And so actually COVID was a, it was a huge help in terms of my uh, path towards getting to Texas and now ultimately sitting here. Yeah, I'll tell you, a lot of the high school kids, they don't have the guns you got. You have been working out. Oh, only a little bit. They, <laughs> You've been they, getting they gave going. me a smaller shirt, yeah. <laughs> well, you get the smaller shirt makes you look bigger, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sneaky trick. What was it uh, like taking BP on this field? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. You know, any any chance you get out to get to a big league ballpark and take batting practice, it's the first time taking 
batting practice with big leaguers though so it's a yeah unbelievable experience you know this is i i've had an unbelievable day so far and, and you know it's just it's been amazing so hitting i i keep hitting if they let me but i you know we got they got a game to play so well steven voter i saw come over i'm sure you watched him growing up uh what was that like voter coming up and introducing himself to uh -huh. you and i'm sure the other players it's got to mean a lot yeah i it's one of those more surreal things you know when you watch someone on tv or, or you come to games and see him play as a as a fan and then meeting them as just a, a regular person you know it's it's an unbelievable thing and he's a great dude and and obviously had have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge to share and i think just meeting these people and learning from them is a huge thing and then i'll take as much time around big leaguers as i can get so it's a it's an unbelievable thing you know the one thing about moving the draft back and really making it this big event to go along with the futures game and the all-star game and home run derby is the fact that you're signing later years past it would have been june you'd already be playing by now uh, what's the expectation for you? What are they telling you? Where are you going to go? Because I'm sure you want to start playing like tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I was ready to play yesterday, but uh, I'm going out tomorrow morning. I'm flying out to Arizona, so I'll, I'll get out to the complex and, and get rolling with the rest of the guys who just got drafted. And I, 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 the downtime was nice, but I, I've been ready to play, so I'm, I'm super pumped to get out there, and I'm just going to go out and compete the minute I get out there, and so I'm super excited for that. Give us a scouting report because I, I got one on you here. Big power, speed combination. You tell us, self-scouting, who are you as a player? I'm a guy who's going to play play with a lot of energy and play hard out there. So any free 90 I can get kind of running hard down the line on the ground ball, stealing bases, I think that's a huge thing that you don't see a ton in the game anymore. And I, it, It's something that I take pride in. I have a lot of fun. And then, you know, I like to do damage in the box. And so I try to hit the ball hard and then get running. And so bring that to the outfield too, run the ball down, and, and really just play with a lot of high energy. What's your favorite position? Center field, for sure. I love it. Yeah. Go get it. Oh, yeah. Go get it. Throw guys out. It's a lot of fun. And that's the one thing that we always loved about Coco is Coco, I mean, Coco played reckless out there. I mean, he threw his body around. And if you grew up a big Coco fan, you watched him rob home runs. And now we see it with Ramon Laureano. Hopefully Christian Pache will, will be one of these guys. There's just there's something spent. Like what you do offensively is always so key, but – Playing out here and being able to rob home runs and being that athletic guy is something special. Obviously, you have to see yourself as one of those type types of players. Absolutely, that's a it's a reason why I love center field is is you not only get to impact the game on offense, like you said, producing and doing damage, but you can really take away runs on the defensive side. So you have a lot more chances to go get the ball and make things happen defensively as well as offensively. Family here today? Yeah, I got my uh, my sister, my 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 brother, or my sister, my dad, and my mom. Brothers out of town. I mean, pretty cool, huh? Oh, that's no better place in Oakland. I can get everyone out here. I love it. I mean, to think about this opportunity and starting your, your career. And, and the one thing I think for we have a lot of high school kids and high school players that watch, you know, the great thing about, you know, getting drafted like this is that you still have the opportunity to go to school. Mm -hmm. The A's will still pay for your school. So a lot of people think, ah, he's going to pro ball. No, you still have your opportunity Absolutely. to get your education. Yeah, I think that's super important. I think it's a huge thing just – across baseball that they've been doing you know providing that opportunity because it is a big big trade-off to kind of forego that and, and come or do the baseball route but I think that's a huge thing so keeping in mind you can still that's still an opportunity for you it is huge well A's cast live this is where the big leaguers hang out and hopefully we're going to have you for many many years on this so. show and the next time I'm going to see you is spring training oh yeah looking forward to it it's going to be fun where are you going to so after Arizona is it probably Stockton or where, where do you think you're I, going we're going to find out I got to get out there and start playing that's that's all I know so far 
get out and get going. You're living the dream. Absolutely. Good luck to you. Appreciate it. Awesome stuff. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I mean, look at the crew. This is the crew. You see everybody out in right field. This is them. They're behind home plate. They're rock stars. By the way, this guy right here has like his own clothing line right now. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, you had Henry Bolte, but these are the stars of the Oakland Athletics. And thank you guys for stopping by. We will see you. James, how are you? How are you? Um, now I'm like, I, I'm, I, I don't even, what the hell are we talking about now? I don't I got distracted. I got distracted. No, now I am too. Now, they're- now we're totally distracted. I mean, James and his wife Amanda were just at my apartment last month watching wrestling with me. Yeah, I, I said it. We were watching wrestling. It's okay. Grown men watching wrestling. Gro- grown men watching WWE. Wrong. A- yes. We're watching yes. AEW. AEW. Excuse me. Hey, is Ric Flair coming out of retirement yet? <laughs> the nature boy. Um, Henry Bolte is my new favorite A. I got to tell you, uh, that kid is polished. And you know what? We got to move. Let's move the cam. Let's watch the Astros playing, uh, warming up here. Let's move the camera. Move the camera so you can see the Astros. What are you doing? I was going to come over here and be on this side. Well, why don't you move the camera, show the Astros? They don't need to see you, they know what you look like. Watch the Astros get some work in. Uh, but that guy for a high school kid. Wait, so you don't want us on the screen anymore? Well, they were taking infield. I guess right. you could put us back on the screen. Right, so I got to tell back. you, uh, Bolte's thick. That kid is in shape. Obviously, he's been hitting the gym. I mean, if you take his body type compared to if we would have done the exact same interview, it would have been what, last year with Max Muncy. Max Muncy looked like a high school kid. Yeah, he wasn't built. No. Like, like this Bolte kid has guns. This kid, he – if you, if, you, if you just saw his body neck down, he didn't look like a high school kid. And I'm looking at the scouting reports on him about big power. You could see it. I mean, he's a tall kid, uh, very in shape at 18. So that means he's just going to get bigger. And it's the prototypical what you're seeing now with these kids coming up because 
all they're doing is playing one sport. Same things in football. That's why you're seeing all these freshmen who are coming straight into college football, and you'll see it whether you talk top schools, whether SEC, uh, we joked about the Pac-12, Big Ten, whatever. Um, you're seeing these young kids come right out and perform because all they do, football lift, football lift, maybe run track for speed. Same thing's happening in baseball with these travel ball kids who are pay- playing baseball year-round. They're not doing football, basketball, baseball. It's baseball, lift, and speed. Baseball, lift, and speed. And that's uh, a key ingredient, even though I think you know we like the, the old way of playing other sports, showing athleticism in other sports. Uh, the kids now, it is baseball year-round. And for a hitter and a position player, that's fine. For pitchers, I don't think it's good to be pitching year-round. It's not. But this is the new generation of players that they're coming in, and they're coming in ready to go, and they're coming in ready to compete. And, man, the size of that kid. But the poise, too. And Jessica Kleinschmidt said it to us as she came over, and she was a part of the media scrum with him. And seeing him right here in this seat, very impressed for a high school kid who, you know, he's not getting a lot of media. Who knows how many interviews, but, I mean, held himself, you know, really well. Handle, I should say handle himself really well. Henry Bolte, I'm a fan. Size, speed, media savvy. I would not be shocked if we're seeing this kid next amount of years. And like we said, this is the type of kid that will be the future when Howard Terminal opens up. He's going to be the type of kid that's going to be playing in your outfield. Something about him, too, that's remarkable is he stole 48 bases, and that was third in the state of California, but he led in runs and home runs. As a senior at Palo Alto High, the same school to produce Jock Peterson that we mentioned and Jim Harbaugh, Devontae Adams. So a lot of good athletes come out of Palo Alto and the South Bay and the Peninsula. But uh, the media savvy, I mean, me being what position I have as a producer, uh, him being able to talk like he did for seven minutes, a little over seven minutes, Good answers. He wasn't timid. He wasn't afraid. That's a producer slash media person's dream to have a guy that could be able to talk. He's, we know. We've talked to Logan Davidson. We've talked to Max Muncy. They weren't as polished as his kid. And Logan Davi- no. Davidson's a Clemson guy. He played in college. And I'm not sure he got a lot of media requests playing college baseball at Clemson. If it was football, for sure. But Dabo Sweeney, no question. But some guys have the making of a star. And I know it's way early, and I've only talked to this kid one time. You're already, you're already saying he's going to be the A's organizational player of the year. I'm just saying, man, this kid's got star ready. He's good looking. He's tall. He's fit. He's got power. He can run. He's got the confidence. Did you hear what he said? Oh, I play center field. I'm a center fielder. Oh, that's oh, a- I, I I hit for power. I like to go out and get. I like to go out and get it on defense. I I I do damage in the box. I mean, he's going to be somebody that I'm now going to be, every day when we do the minor league report, I'm going to be looking for him in the box score. Well, yeah, starting Arizona, the next step would be Stockton, and then he has to hang out with Alex Jensen, and I'm sure somehow Alex will ruin his career. Kidding. But he'll be in Stockton, and that's where everyone goes. We saw Max Muncy just there. He moved up to Lansing. He was Batting average might not be there for Muncy, but he had the home runs. And, I mean, that's what everyone looks for anymore. So I'm excited to see what Bolte could do playing in Arizona. Then okay, going. first of all, I'm not buying that. What about that? Ear, 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 ear. That's propaganda. About the home runs? No. You said no. Everybody's just worried about the home runs and not worry about the average. Hey, 
you hit 230 in the minor leagues, you ain't hitting here. I'm telling you right now. That you, you, you can't hit more than 260. If you think somebody's going to be in A ball and high A and double A and not be able to hit, oh, but he hit X amount of home runs, you will get swallowed up out here. This game will eat you alive. And I said this yesterday, and I truly believe it. And it's what, like, you know, talk about what we want to see in the second half. And I said in the second half, one of the things I want to see, and it was about, I was asked about Seth Brown. I got to see Seth Brown get out of the 220s. And I said 260. And everybody went, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 that, that, you know, 227 to 260. Because at the start of yesterday's game, yeah, I think it was 229 or two. Yeah, it was like 229. And I said, I said, just do the math. Give him one extra hit a week. We've played, what, 15 weeks? I gave him 15 extra hits. One extra hit a week. I want to see at 299 ABs going into yesterday. I gave him one extra hit, just one. What do you think that improved his average from 227 to what? Probably like 270. 278. That's pretty good. Just one extra hit. And then I, I believe it. If you're going to hit in 220s, 230s, you're not going to be an everyday player. Probably not. You're right. You're not. I, I don't care. Well, every once in a while, oh, you got 12 home runs. Oh, you can hit 20 home runs. You, What kind of player are you? You better be a defensive wizard on a really good team. For instance, Martin Maldonado, the guy who's the catcher right now for the Astros. Ace killer. He has eight career home runs for CS. This guy is going to play because they don't need him offensively. What they need him to do is carry the staff. To be a great catcher, it's the Ray Fossey theory. It's handle the staff, your offense is secondary. Steve Sparks, great broadcaster, former uh, A's pitcher, the knuckleballer, said last time uh, here on A's Cast Live, last time the Astros were here, he said that Maldonado was the team's MVP. He goes, yeah, you can look at, at, at Alvarez from statistics, and you can look at Altuve, but the guy that you could say is the MVP of this team is Maldonado. So there's very rare times where you cannot hit. When you hit below 250, what kind of player are you? You have to. So it's like when I see Max, Max Muncy get moved up and he was hitting 238, well, he had 11 home runs. I don't care. You think those home runs are going to translate to here? If you can't hit higher than 240 in low A, you think that's going to transfer here? You think he's? You think you're going to play 15 years in the big leagues when you're hitting 230 at A ball? I, I'm not betting on that. Yeah, I, I would say you're probably. I'm. I was being a little uh, overzealous, I guess, on his home runs, but I still feel like he's going to. I mean, he's 20. Who cares? No, I'm saying he's 20. I'm saying he could develop into a better contact hitter. Plenty of time. Oh. He's at high A. Yeah, all right. Show me how many guys hit 230 up through systems and became great players. Well, I don't have my computer in front of me, but. Do you think you're going to find a lot? I'm sure we could find a couple. You really think we're going to find guys who really struggled and then all of a sudden just it clicked in the big leagues? I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but. You really think you're, you're going to find a lot of guys at 230, 240 and then came up to the big leagues and had long careers? I'd, like I said, I have to look. 
There's a couple guys in the major league level that pop in my head to see how they will do. One of them is Brandon Crawford with the Giants. What did he hit? He got promoted from Double A up to the major leagues. He's never. He's not that great of a major league hitter. He hits like 250. No, what was he hitting down there? I don't know. So I have to look. I mean, we're talking about thousands of oh, players. Yeah. Well, how many guys have debuted? They thousands of players. So basically, what you'd be finding me is what we like to call an outlier. Yeah, you mean, you mean the Jacob Degrom theory? It's an outlier. Like if you find a guy like all of a sudden. A guy who hit 230 and 240, you know, and even below that, and then all of a sudden got to the big leagues and hit over 300, I would say is a major outlier. Right, I'd say if you find that guy, find that guy for me. All right, let me – give me an example of a guy that's – well, we don't have a lot of 300 hitters in baseball anymore. I know, it's a problem. And, it, and, and, and you can't say it enough to people, it's a game of math, right? The more you do, the more your numbers add up. So, once again – if you would just give Seth Brown one more hit a week for the last 15 weeks, everything his numbers go up. On base goes up. That means his OPS goes up, his OPS plus, his weighted runs created plus, his war. Everything would go up with just one more hit a week because a lot of those hits also would probably be extra base hits. Yeah. I mean, he does have the power. We know that already. So if he had one more hit, so that would be X amount would be doubles. That, that, that increases your slugging. It's a game of math. And one guy who continues to be that guy, and he was just hitting in the cage right now, Jose Altuve, dinger yesterday. He has a 324 average, four dingers, 15 runs in 19 games in July, an OPS of 959. Jose Altuve, there's something about him mentally who is now, I think, has finally gotten over the hump of the booze and everything with the whole the cheating scandal. It affected him. He looked like it. You know, he went from the guy's, guy gets out of bed and has 200 hits every single year. Seemed to be there were some injury things there with him. But I, I, I don't know if he would admit to it or not, but I think there was something there about – him and the scandal and maybe being a little sensitive. I totally understand that. But now uh, he's back to being Jose Altuve. And if there's a guy that you had to bet be the next guy to 3,000 hits, I think no doubt it'll be him. For sure. And he will be a – he's going to have a plaque in Cooperstown. There's no doubt about it. That was actually a uh, buying or selling question. I've been waiting to ask ask you about because of when the Astros are here, but will he be – I forget even how I phrased it. It was either something about him being a Hall of Famer or being the next guy to 3,000 hits. He might be one of the last guys to get the 3,000 hits, the way the game's going. God, that's so sad. Blummer even said it. He said the 3,000 hits. We'll never see another guy. If Verlander is a get to, we'll never see another 300 wins. And Verlander's still at two thir- low 230s. Yeah. He, if not, he might be at 240 because I think he was at 239. When he got the other win, the win the other day against the uh, – He was he, at what, 239? So he might, if he won the other day, he might be at 240 now. 240, not 242. Yeah, because he has 13 wins this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something like that. Let's all see Justin Verlander, which when I saw his last start in Seattle, he hit 99. It was like, I mean, truly, truly amazing that a guy at 39 years old, coming, yeah, he's 13-3 and three with a 1.86 ERA. Is 
let's be honest, we don't get the greatest Wi-Fi down here on the field. Uh, 239 wins. Okay, so he's so far away. That's uh, 61 wins away. At 39 years old. He'd have to win like 15 games over the next four years to sniff it because he's 39. So next four, so going, going to age 44, he'd have to win 15 games next year at 40, 41, 42, 43. He'd have to win 15 games each. And that's, that's 60 wins to get him to 299. I mean, Maddox still at, 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 at the reason why Maddox got to 354, whatever it is, I think it's right yeah, around there. Yeah, 355, I believe, somewhere around there. I mean, the four only reason, because he would still, when he was with the Dodgers, still won 15 games. I mean, he had that streak of winning 15 games every year for X amount of years. I am. I, I'm Verlander already right now. Verlander's war is 75.2. Yeah, he's already a Hall of Famer. For, I mean, for, for pitchers, now, and we look at 70 war for position players up, you're for sure going to be a Hall of Famer. For pitchers, who knows how war's for calculated for pitchers, but a 75 war is huge. Especially for a pitcher for 100%. And he's gonna, we already know him and, and Scherzer are going to be Hall of Famers. Kershaw's there. Gran, Kershaw's there. Granke's there. Granke's over 70 career war. So you look at other guys that are on the league now right now, who? Who? I mean, who else other than those four guys? I mean, who's going to be on the Hall of Fame track? It's, I mean, because no, no one's going to sniff their inner wins. Well, you might get close to the, the new. The new yeah, the, that well, that that that's out, right? The new three hundred might be two hundred wins. That that's out. Three hundred wins. No one's going to. I mean, I don't you know Verlander gets there, but I mean that that will not be. It's going to be really hard to really decide. Or maybe I'm overthinking it. It's just you're going to have to really figure out what are the numbers that truly matter, career numbers that set you apart from everybody else that make you a Hall of Famer. What 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 are those? Because it's going it, to – let's just say it's not going to be a lot of fun. You know, there. I mean, who knows what that actual number – I mean, if it's going to be writer's – Debating XFIP, <laughs> I mean. Well, I was going to say it, it might be something like an ERA plus because you can't look at strikeouts anymore because everybody might, strikes everyone out. strikes out. Nobody gets wins anymore. So you might want to start looking at something like, uh, God, do we have to go start going to innings pitched? Which or, are going to be pathetic. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like, the, the way that players are going to be evaluated going forward um, after this crop of guys that are in the league that are playing, like Verlander, like Kershaw, like um, the, um, Scherzer and Granke, the new, the next wave of starting pitchers like Garrett Cole and the guys that we think could be Hall of Famers, they're not going to have anywhere near the numbers. So Cole will have the strikeouts. He's not going to have the wins. He's not going to have the innings. None of that stuff because he's he came up in an era where th- that was de-emphasized. Well, this year, starting pitchers on average, last time I checked, it was like eighty-four point six pitches per start. Yeah. If you're getting, if if we're looking at that as something that's now going to be more of a trend, and it'll be interesting to talk to Eno Saris about this tomorrow from The Athletic where we're going to be talking to him about how the three true outcomes, strikeouts, walks, and home runs, is actually down. How is that overall affecting offense? How is that? Because, you know, you got to factor the good with the bad, but how is that? If we're having less of that is scoring up, scoring down we'll get into that but if we're starting to talk about almost the death of the starting pitcher 
Well, we already saw that article Jeff Passan did a few weeks ago. What What will we even look at 15 years from now as pitchers in the Hall of Fame? Will we even look? I mean, it's scary to say. Will we even look at starters as Hall of Famers? Why would we even look at them if we if, – if, and it'll be funny to look back when people start complaining about it. It'll be for us to be able to go, well, you didn't want to talk about wins anymore. You guys all want to say wins were overrated and wins didn't matter and starts didn't matter anymore and innings pitched didn't matter anymore. Well, now you're going to have the death of the starter. So how will you even judge how – a pitcher forget that we've looked at pitchers as you know at one point we really didn't even look at relievers or we really didn't even look at closers now we actually look at closers and vote on closers as hall of famers but you know with lack of starts no innings pitched how would we even evaluate any type of pitcher as a hall of famer the the one i mean we're always gonna know era is gonna be the one constant because that's one that you can kind of tell if a, a pitcher's good or not. But a guy's going to have to have longevity. Yeah, and what the guy's going on five and dive anymore. I mean, we saw it. I mean, we see it a lot anymore. I mean, Cole Irvin, one night goes seven. James Caprilli, next night goes five. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example to another sport, what, what, what that's going to be like. And unfortunately, this used to be such a prime spot. It was such a celebrated spot. And now that's kind of death of the what old school people tried to say was the bell cow back, death of the running back. Yeah, that's true. We're not gonna we're not gonna see running backs are now just interchangeable. Well, and you're not seeing guys you're not seeing guys that are gonna tote the rock 25, 20, 25 health. Go back to Walter Payton days, Jim Brown, classic running backs who would get the ball over thirty times a game. Eric Dickerson. You're not even seeing that. So, I don't, you know, years from now, you're not going to see running backs going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame because they just not going to, they don't have longevity. They don't have numbers. That will be sad. Starting pitchers will kind of go, it'll go like that because this is now the new trend. It's not like this is going back. It's not like we're going to wake up, let's say, five years from now and we're back to guys going 32 33 starts i mean it's going to be a rarity to see somebody get 30 starts like what's verlander verlander's got 18 starts i mean verlander should get to 30 this year oh yeah he will but you're gonna get i mean we're gonna have how many guys get to 200 innings well we got one guy on pace for it who if you want to do an analogy between football and and baseball uh sandy alcantara or Alcantara, we still Alcantara. Hear, uh, well, I still hear everyone say Alcantara too. Who? Uh, media people on MLB Network, ESPN. Uh, what do the Marlins call him? Uh, we have to find that out. I've seen Marlin broadcasters, MLB.com, Sandy Al, uh, Alcantara. Even it says Alcantara. I know. You go to Baseball Reference; they have their pronunciation guide. S- Sandy is the Derrick Henry of baseball. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna go a lot of innings. And be the bell cow pitcher where Derrick Henry's like that in the NFL. What do the rest of the running backs in the NFL do? A lot of them are pass catching backs, like Christian McCaffrey. Where you got to be able to block. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, Josh Jacobs is a, a little bit of a pass catcher now for the Raiders. But they're not going to, th- these guys, 
these guys really don't make it to with the same team to a second contract. Oh no, especially yeah, run, the, you're right about running backs. Like Derrick Henry's an, for sure an outlier right now. Yeah, they're he'll out. probably spend his whole career to Titans. So you're 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 like when we're talking about you know it's like funny. It took Jim Cott with 283 wins to get into the Hall of Fame to go through the special selection committee, and now 283 wins. You can't even you can't even fathom that. You can't even fathom someone pitching as long as some of these old guys did to give you as many starts. And, you know, something that happened today, too, that kind of shows you the change in all of sports and how guys get paid. You know, it's going to change how pitchers, if we're kind of getting rid of the starting pitcher as we know it, how these guys get paid. I mean, why – you're going to bust, you know, yeah, you got guys that will still get big checks right now, but like 10 years from now, if you got guys that can barely go four innings, you're not going to be paying these guys $30 million a year. No, and you mentioned Jim Cotta. I want to say something. I, fear, I know you'll appreciate this. I didn't see his speech, but I heard someone tweeted out a quote from it. Do you know what player he said should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I didn't see the speech. Well, I, I don't know if you saw anything on Twitter or anything. He said uh, Tommy John should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, Friend of the yeah. program, Tommy John. 288 career wins, 187 or 188 career no decisions for Tommy John. Also in the most famous sports surgery is named after him. No pitcher in the history of baseball has their name been mentioned more than Tommy John. Not even close. It's Jordan's probably up there, but who? Michael Jordan. No, I'm talking pitcher. Oh, at least, at least, sorry, at least said sports. Nobody in the history of sports – from a standpoint of a pitcher, has been mentioned more than Tommy John. Probably not even, not even close. And you think about all of his career, and you talk about dominance. And this is the thing that's going to, you know, when we talk about changing the Hall of Fame, is, you know, you think about the reference point of the dominance that people talk about, three minutes. Yeah. The dominance, you know, when we see all these guys going four and five innings, especially coming up here in the future, you're going to be longing for the Tommy Johns. You're going to be longing for the Cots. You're going to be longing for a Burt Blylevin. Jack Morris. Guys who pitch for a long, long time. It's like it, it, all the people who wanted to poo-poo these guys' careers saying, ah, oh, they just got, you know, um, um, Dodger, pitcher, curveball. Oral Hershiser? No, no. Hall of Famer. Took him forever to get in. Oh, John, for, uh, for, for Don Sutton. You're gonna be the late Don Sutton. You're gonna be longing for guys like that. You're gonna wish you had guys like that. When all these guys, all these media writers, poo pooed their careers because they said they just got wins because of longevity. They just compiled. They were stat. They were stat fillers because they played for a long time. You're gonna after watching. Our guy, James Caprillion, go five innings and 90 pitches. You're going to long for the Jack Morris of the guys that could be around for a long time. I remember having this conversation with Cody during spring training where he was trying to minimize Kenny Rogers' career. Oh, you're going to be longing for a guy like a left-hander that can pitch 17 years and give you all those innings. You're going to wish to God you had those guys 10 years from now. We won't even – I don't even know how we'll even evaluate pitching years from now. And the way that they baby these arms in the minor leagues and the way they still get hurt, 
It's 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 absolutely crazy. You're, that's why I always say that like, the way people look at wins now is going to be completely different. Five, ten years, fifteen years when we're voting on the next wave of guys for all the Hall of Fame. I I brought up quickly. I brought up earlier than the guys that are going to be in the ballot for next year, like a John Lackey. Guys like Lackey had a nice career, but get there, ten years from now, there's going to be another player like that that's on the ballot. And we go, hey, you know, maybe he is a Hall of Famer because. We have to judge oh, it differently. Your, your standards are going to go like this. Uh, 100%. And like this. And like this. And you can say, ah, oh, John Lackey is the only rookie to start a game seven in that World Series against the San Francisco Giants that they won. What was that, 0-2? 0-2, yeah. 20 years ago. So, I, I you know, yeah, you're going to look at a guy like John Lackey. John Lackey will be taking like a workhorse. You think of how long he pitched. Uh, the, the You know, how many World Series was he on? Boston. Uh, he was on the Boston. Was he on the Cubs one too? Let me let me let me pull up John. Lackey I mean, you're going to look at a career like that 15 years from now and go, "Wow, what a workhorse that guy was." By the way, the A's offense. Three World Series for Lackey. One, three World Series. He was on. Yeah. Was he on the Cubs or he was, was on, on two the, World? He was on two, the Cubs. Two, two. Yeah. So this is this is going to be uh, an interesting series. From a standpoint of, A's are starting to swing it a little bit. They got the confidence that they took two out of three from these Astros in Houston. And they're averaging 5.1 runs per game here in the second half. Or the last 11 games, I should say. They've come out here in the second half, even despite yesterday's game. They put runs on the board. But I will say this. Let's not overplay the runs on the board yesterday. There, there, there is the we're up big, the other team, so let's just throw strikes and get out of here. It's getaway day and get to the plane. A's kind of took advantage of that. I could be wrong. A's go out and put a bunch of runs up today. You can say, hey, they fed off yesterday. If they don't, you're going to go, eh, yesterday, back-to-back-to-back home runs. First time since 2006. Yeah. Can he name the guys? And what? They hit the back last guys at back to back to back. Frank today. Thomas, Nick Swisher. Oh, Swisher hit one earlier in the game. We looked it up yesterday. Frank Thomas. It was um, nope. uh, Frank Thomas was on. He was there. the second. He was the second of it. I saw it because uh, we did it yesterday. On Robert TV. Costa played the highlights yesterday. All three of them. What was it? Eric Chavez, Frank Thomas, Milton Bradley. Because Costa mentioned in his post game that he goes, I think I scored on one of those, and he actually did. When Nick Swisher did a home run like an inning earlier. But in a game where it's already blowout, what does it mean? I don't know. We'll find out. If, it, if that carries over today, we'll see. Like to. Like to put it on the app. But the Astros, they come out. The way they've come out in the second half. Five in a row. Has been very impressive as they. Swept the, the Yankee doubleheader, too. Mariners had won 14 straight. They sweep them. They've scored 26 runs during their five-game winning streak after they took down the Yankees in there, too, and then took down the Seattle Mariners. So this is the most complete. To me, if I had to bet my money, because they're going to – because them and the Yankees are jockeying for the the top spot. If I had to put my if – I, if I said these guys are the Yankees in a series – I'm going the Astros. Yeah. Are we, are yeah, we out of time? Yeah, we're out of, we're out of time. Yeah, we, go, I already told you I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. But that's no that's no secret. They're really good. Is that like a hot take or something? Uh, no. Cody, that's a lukewarm made, take. <laughs> Cody, Cody with a hot take to end the show. We so, do we do have to get into the – International draft? 
Uh, MLBPA, by the way, tomorrow I am going to really go after them. Now, they can say what they want. You know, they do not want a draft that's an international draft. You want to know why, folks? Because a guy like Robert Poisson, who the A's sign, who has so far has not lived up, he signed for $5.1 million at 16 years old. Does the, does the MLBPA Players Association really care about all the international signings? They may. But what happens when you put everybody into a draft and you slot guys, you don't get the big signing bonuses. And they don't, they don't want that to go away. And to think that we're still giving 16-year-olds who don't really play games, but all they do is work out, and we're giving certain 16-year-olds millions of dollars who we've just watched in workouts, and we're still doing that, that's still the system, it's just wrong. But that's the system we're going to continue to have. We want to thank Jeff Blum for stopping by A's Cast Live. Henry Bolte, my new favorite Oakland Athletic. This kid looks and feels like he's going to be a star. Can't wait. We'll have some commercials for you, and before you know it, we'll be back to A's Total Access, getting you ready for the A's and Astros. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live from the field here at the Oakland Coliseum. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.